we'll give it like 10 seconds and then Oh my god. Hello everyone. Welcome back to the salt light in the city where you're seeing your love and your heard. Today we have a very, very special episode. I'm here with my newly confirmed cousin, Eliza Tiangha. Hi. There we go. And, but if we, before that can start in prayer, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for a beautiful day. We thank you for this season of summer and vacation and the ability to take off, to rest, relax, spend time with family. We ask that you open our minds to say what we need to say. You open the ears of the listeners to hear what it is you need them to hear. St. Paul, we especially pray to you. St. Paul, we ask for your, your assistance. Help us to see through our unclosed eyes. Enlighten us with your words and help us keep them close to our hearts. Remind us of our strength, which is him when we feel weak, because his power is made perfect in weakness. Shine your light and we will follow. We ask all this in the name of the King, risen Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. St. Paul, pray for us. St. Dimphna, pray for us. Alora is currently sitting in with us, but she's lost her voice from work, so you might hear her in the background a bit. Um, and if she adds on anything or says anything, then we'll certainly clarify. Um, and just before we start, a couple of announcements up front. Um, it's summertime, and we want to make sure that the content we get out is good. I know um, we've been saying that because it's summertime, we're able to focus a lot more on the content that we're getting out and making sure it's high quality. At the same time, all of us are working. And with that said, we don't want to rush any of this stuff. We don't want to dilute any of it. We want to make sure it's good and it's listenable and we want to get in the right groove for this summer and not to make take up too much of y'all's time, that y'all enjoy your, your vacation, y'all's breaks, and if y'all have work. Um, so that said, we're going to be releasing episodes bi-weekly now. So every other, we're going to shoot for Saturdays, and if not, then we will certainly let you guys know through the Instagram. But thank you guys for, for tuning in. We hope you guys are having a wonderful start to the summer, whether you just got off because you are in high school or you come home from college. God bless you guys and thank God for, for summertime. So yeah, just going right into it. We The topic that we have up front is about confirmation, the sacrament of confirmation, especially because uh, her, we call her angel. Her confirmation happened just literally this past weekend. That's almost entirely why we didn't get an episode out. Um, so we're going to be talking about the importance of confirmation, why, in my opinion, 
I think it's extremely un- underrated by majority of the Catholic Church. And also just her experience since I'm in college, she's still in high school, going to be a, a junior next year. Um, just talking about the, the, the differences between even, you know, my grade of people or college life and compare it to where I was at in high school to where she is in high school now and how our faith has, has influenced us in the way we live. So that said, I'm going to let Angel introduce us the saint of the week. Okay. The saint that I picked is Saint Difna. She is she was born in Ireland with a pagan father and devout Christian mother. When she was little, she her mother died because of a disease and her father was grieving and mourning a lot. And her father was trying to find someone to replace her mother and he got influenced by antichrists saying there's no one better than your daughter herself. So he... Goodness gracious. (laughs) So he was trying to convince her, be like, marry me. I'm your dad, so it makes sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. So she ran away with a pope and a priest to... Belgium. There you go. And... They were just, they built a church and a mental hospital about helping the poor and the sick. And that's what makes her so significant because she, w- she was only 15. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an incredible thing. I'm not sure how many of y'all know about Dimphna, but she, her story is really incredible. Very, very much like uh, Maria Goretti, especially in their young age. And, you know, like she's saying, she was 15. And it's so significant. It brings it brings glory to young women, right? And they're, they fall right in line behind Mama Mary. She was 14 when she gave her yes, right? So it shows us the power that, that not just women, but young women specifically, that the... And I don't mean power and like political power or like forceful power. I mean the spiritual prowess that women especially have, especially in regards to things with emotion, things with, you know, the mental. Because, I mean, in general, that's, that's, you read Milton's um, Paradise Lost, you see him say that, you know, Eve was made for um, gentleness, kindness, and sweet grace. Now, there's some connotations with sweet grace. It could be like, you know, her beauty. Obviously, that's a big one. And that'll segue us to the, to the verse pretty well. But when in terms of sweet grace, what I really think that means is, you know, a lot of people read Paradise Lost and see, oh, Milton was extremely against woman you know it's pinning it all on eve and it's like that's not really the case if you actually read it you read it carefully you'll see that like no it was really a big miscommunication between adam and eve and when you get to eve you'll see the way she treats her husband adam whom she loves so dearly the amount of grace that she has and that she holds at least in the way that milton portrays it 
women are are a source and, and seed of grace. Now, obviously, I walk very carefully with that. I don't want to say any heresy, right? We know God is the source of all grace, the seed where it all starts. But that's why we say Hail Mary, full of grace, because she was full of grace. And that's why, in my opinion, when it comes to, you know, to the women in my life who have shown me such deep and amazing graces that, you know, for someone who has trouble treating himself graciously, um, I was really happy for when she chose Nymphna, for when Angel chose Nymphna as, as her confirmation saint. Um, I mentioned earlier the about finding finding beauty. So, if you want to read the the verse of the week that she chose, the verse of the week is from Peter three three through four. That's First Peter. Yes, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is of great worth in God's sight. That's so amazing when you read that. that. Again, that source of beauty, that source of grace. You know, it's pretty, it's, I do find it interesting. Why, what in that verse really popped out for, to you to, to pick that? Of course, I mean, it has such great correlation with, with Dymphna, but what specifically on your end compelled you to it? I think it's because, you know, when, like, you see people these days, they dress up more to, like, impress people. Mm. Yeah. And then you look at, like, all around you and you think that's just so worthless because who are you trying to impress? The only person that, like, truly cares and doesn't care about what you look like but more of how you act is God himself. Mm. it's more of you have to show your self-worth to God so you can show that you're devout like devout and devoted to his love and care for you exactly and everything else just it stems from that you know I mean it's like that's like you were saying when people walk around it's kind of all the designer and all the show and it's kind of like well like nice but like nice like like that's god it. doesn't care about that exactly and like that's it like you don't you don't bring that stuff to to heaven with you i mean look at <laughs> most most images of of divinity that we see in in classical art and even some modern art they're two things either they're not wearing crazy stuff or they're not wearing a lot Right, and in some illustrations, the clothes that they have are being like literally ripped away from them, right? And you'll see the confidence in those, in the confidence that those those saints exude from those illustrations because they know that their inner beauty comes from something more beautiful than this world could even ever imagine. You know, so, well, you're about to be a junior, so how, you know, how has high school life just been in general? I expected more out of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, genuinely, 
it's feels like just middle school on steroids. <laughs> Fair enough. It's like the same classes, just different difficulties. Yeah. And finding relationships in high school are so not like just like lovey dovey ones, but just like friends and people to hang out with is so hard. Because mm. like you have the cliques, you have yeah. you know the jocks, the popular girls, and then you just have you and like two close friends. Yeah. So it's like scared, scared weird in a way. Yeah. It's like you're still trying to find yourself through mm-hmm. all this. Yeah, and it's it's be pretty chaotic yeah <laughs> but it's a difficult period in my time i guess first person it's very hard to make yourself and secondly it's a difficult in my time so ali had two questions the first is where does she feel like herself most and then the second is is it difficult to maintain that true character while in public school if I'm going to be so totally honest, I feel more myself when I'm alone. Like, it would be 2 a.m., I would randomly wake up. Introvert. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. it would be, yeah. like, I would randomly wake up. It would be 2 a.m. I would just open my blinds, open my windows, and just start praying. Wow. I would just look up at the sky, look at the nearest star or just the moon. And just be like, God's up there watching over me. Mm. I'll pray to him to get my mind at ease so I can go back to sleep and just have a good day to go on. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely so hard to maintain at school because, you know, I'm putting up an image that I'm like this smart, quirky girl. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, that's not me. I'm such an introvert to people I don't know. And like, just. I like being by myself, but like every now and then it's just, oh, I like you. I'll be with you. I'll talk to you. But yeah. Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> um, and leading on to that, how is, how has St. Dymphna really made herself present in, in your own life? I think it's because, you know, because school's really tough. Yeah. Especially since it was just finals week and I was like stressing out over tests. Yeah. During all my tests, before anything, I always pray to St. Michael mm. and to St. Difna because I don't want my mind and my mental health affecting the way that I perform. Mm. And like my nervous, like my anxiety, I don't want it to be all the way up. Yeah. So her being around me, her, like me wearing like the medal mm-hmm. my sister gave me. I just feel her presence so close to me mm-hmm. that it calms my mind and it calms my body from like breaking away and having a panic attack. No, that's really good. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, socially with, with other people, how was that? How, how has that really made itself actualized? You always like, nowadays it's like you have to impress someone to become friends with them Mm. to become like close and like be like wow you're so cool let me be friends with you yeah that you lose yourself in the process Mm. yeah 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 oh for sure you don't know who you are now because you're trying to become someone else to like be friends with someone Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, Ali was saying that it's some sort of game that you have to play just to, to make friends. Exactly, and like you don't know what you're doing in that process, so it's more it's getting harder and harder to find those people that you can stick around with mm. and just be close with. Yeah, yeah, like. <laughs> Hate to bring up Kanye, but like <laughs> real friends, <laughs> like real friends. How many of us, you know? But like, on a real note, I mean, it's it's very true. Like the amount of, I I think a lot of that is is social media, right? Definitely. And I'm super excited to get that episode coming under the underway. That's gonna come out this summer for sure. But like you, trying to build that, you know, and trying to. Build your outer facade just so in that way people literally like you so that people literally follow you. And it's like on one end, like, you know, you want that as humans, that's what we're made for. We're made for relationship. <laughs> and especially when we feel lonely, we need that validation. And like in real life, in real time, sometimes that could be really hard, right? Especially in whenever we have all of our quirks or, you know, these things of like, if you, like, if you really knew me, you wouldn't be my friend sort of thing, you know? And it's like, well, they don't know that about me. So I'm not like, you know, like, yeah, I'm just their friend, but I'm not really me. I'm what they want me to be. Right. And that's a lot of what social media is. It's, it's, it's it's so funny because all of these like life simulation games are like like GTA or like The Sims or like even something as simple as BitLife. Like, how often do we see ourselves trying to create a life that we don't have in a real way? Because yes, like it's like GTA is GTA. You can go and do whatever the heck you want. You can c commit as much crime. Nothing's actually gonna happen to you, right? At least in real life. I mean, a lot could be said about that, but like how many times for especially like BitLife, I know when the first game, the first time I got that, that game, the mobile app, right? Like you just tried to make the most successful person you could possibly make. Like it's, I mean, a good game, genius game, in my opinion, especially for a mobile app. But, like, you really just take that. You really wouldn't think about it. But when you do sit down and think about it, it's like, wow. You could almost ask yourself, is this what I'm trying to do with my own life? Am I trying to make my own life like this game? Which isn't my reality. Which isn't where I am right now, you know? I mean, it's it's not a bad thing to fantasize, and there's no problem in that at all. But when you take that and then apply it, that's when it starts becoming a problem. Because then, just like I say about social media all the time, you, you, you're portraying something that isn't you. And when you mold yourself to that enough, you do change. Like, that's what happens, is, is you do change. If you try to force a change, you try to make a change, you will change. But what we don't do is question the direction of that so often, you know? We don't consider, am I really 
changing for the better. You know what I mean? Um, and with that, going off of that, one of those big changes, especially in the life of a Catholic, is getting confirmed. You know, so just, just on that surface level, now that you're fully admitted into the church, you know, how, how do you feel? <laughs> oh my God, I feel more holy. No, but I really feel it's. I feel like this is like such a thing that people say all the time. I feel more connected with God. Mm-hmm. But that's legitimately how I feel. Like it's incredible. Like in middle school, I didn't really think that God would such would play such a big role in my life. Yeah. But once I got to high school, I was like more dependent and more mm. like about my faith and God, and just getting confirmed, finishing my baptismal promises. It's it gives me like such great joy. Like you saw me crying. Yes. The yes, oh we have some great pictures. <laughs> I started crying after I got the oil, like during pictures, just being in the presence, just closing my eyes, just hearing God's call out to me. Mm. Just like, hey, welcome. Yeah. You're officially mine. Yeah. That was just so wonderful and amazing to me. No, yeah. And it was, it was a beautiful thing because... Um, yeah, just just watching you there after you, I think it was after communion when you started crying, right? After you I received, was bawling and my yeah, eyes she up. was just, she was just crying, and I, I, um, I guess this is an appropriate time to tell you, but when I saw her getting confirmed, I speak to, I think a bit about this about Alora's baptism and her vigil and her confirmation, but I was. Uh, this t- two confirmations now where I see the su- the the supporting saint like actually there yeah. right like I I and with you I saw like I saw Dimpna behind you like there with her hand on you like actually and I saw her there while um while you were kneeling and while you were crying and just she <laughs> she was also crying but like you know, she was she was huddled up just so close to you on your shoulder, and it was such a, a a beautiful thing because again, I said this earlier, and I I I do believe this that within our Catholic faith, I'm not sure so much about the church. The church, I I think, takes confirmation pretty dang seriously, and they're really really. You know they do find it important, but for the for the laity, for our own sake, for the normal people that aren't clergy, I think we can often undermine that importance of confirmation, what it means to receive all of those gifts in full, what it means to have our confirmation saint, to realize that that saint is going to journey with you for the rest of your life. So much so that you took up their name. You took up their name. Like, I am very proud of the name I have, Lorenzo David Marcella. And I was even more proud to pick up St. Paul the Apostle's name and put that in my name to be Lorenzo David Paul Marcella. Because that's how important it is. That's how important this sacrament is. It's not just 
another checklist thing, you know, another check mark. And I know when you go through faith formation for for confirmation, they all tell you that. Like you all, you, you hear it. And so, you know, like it's not just another checklist, right? But when they say that, like there's no, how else is there to say that? Because that's the truth. It is just as important as as your baptism. In, in my opinion, I, I could be wrong with that in terms of the importance. Anyways, it's it's a sacrament of initiation for a reason. For a reason, right? All the gifts that you receive at baptism, you do receive, and we, it's you receive them in partial. And when you get confirmed, like Angel was saying, they are... They're fulfilled. They're actualized. And it's that point where, you know, the, the, the Great Commission, when Jesus says, now I tell you to go forth and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them all, of I, all that I have commanded you, right? That's the call that you, angel, receive when, when you got confirmed. That's the call that you, Alora, received when you were confirmed at your vigil the call that i received when when i was confirmed and that's the call that if if you have been confirmed the listener that's a call that that you have as well you are called to to live by by christ through christ in christ everything to do with that and the saints that we pick between Paul, Mary Magdalene, and Dymphna, they journey with us through everything. They, they stand with us. They sit with us through everything that we go through. And there's not one struggle that they don't know. And the reason I say that is because, especially for the people here sitting in this room, you know, the, the saints we've chosen can relate extremely well to us extremely heavily to us and the struggles that we've been through and the joys that we've been through. And what? Ellie was just saying how not just our saints in regards to us who are confirmed, but in regards to each other in the way that, you know, Allie can look at me and see that my saint is Paul and find how to, or see how to grow closer to me in that, or how Angel's saint is Dimphna and how she can go grow closer to her in that, in the way that not just in, you know, the, the real lifetime of us being able to, to come together and, and be closer, but through our, our saints as well, through the community of, of the saints that we have and growing closer in that way, you know, and how, how important is that for us young people, for us young Catholics that need, like I was saying earlier, and like basically we were just talking about earlier, that need for friends you know, to find that validation, to find those real friends, that real community that you can come together and, and you can have. 
because it's a community I think that you know we're all looking for especially in our young years right and I mean I know at college there's a bunch of people like that I'm I'm sure in high school there are some you know when you walk around when I was in high school I could tell there was a lot Allie herself says she was one of those people you know trying trying to find yourself trying to find a place to belong right um and with that said I guess like for you Angel how has just your your faith life in general living that you know at school and and you can be you can be honest like if you don't that's that's perfectly fine right but how how has your faith influenced you in the way that you in the way that you behave in your daily life you know okay first off at school it's like you don't you look at people you don't know what their beliefs are Mm because there's so much in the world now but she does go to a public high school in in central texas by the way in austin so yeah yeah so you don't know what they're thinking you don't know if they believe in god or someone else but once you once i found out that i have some friends that do believe in god that's like the people i want to be so close with Mm -hmm. because we don't only only we don't only have to talk about school we talk about God, his miracles, what we've been experiencing with our faith. Mm. So finding that group of friends that's like you can't replace. Mm. That's one of like the greatest things you could ever find in your like life. Yeah. Do you ever notice that Christmas being one of your good times to find religious like that or even sometimes hate it? Being kinda anti God? So Ali just asked um, does she ever feel that, does Angel ever feel that lack of, of connection whenever she's with friends who aren't so God-fearing or don't believe in God? Definitely. Like, I can't talk about them what I want to talk to. I still do. Yeah. Like, I talk about how I always go to church. I talk about the relics I collect and the bracelets that I get from, like, each cathedral and stuff like that. Yeah. And I have a lot. So people always ask why I wear so many bracelets. It's because of that. It's so different to talk about God with my friends who aren't religious and don't believe than my friends that do. Because mm. you don't, I don't know what to talk about. Like, <laughs> I don't want to seem like I'm trying to like convert them. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to force God on you. Yeah. I'm just simply telling you like, wow, I love my religion so much. And I wouldn't trade it anything else in the world yeah and that's extremely beautiful and i think that's that's um that's like that's limbo for for us you know especially for me being extremely catholic at at, um my public school like it's a weird balance because even talking with some other you know protestant brothers and sisters like it's 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 weird conversation sometimes, right? And you'll have you know, good banter, good laughs, good times, and moments. But when it comes to those nitty gr- nitty gritty things, like I wouldn't turn to to them for those sorts of things, you know. And it's not because I don't trust them, and I I know I can rely on them if I need to. It's two, three of my best friends are people who either aren't practicing or 
don't believe in God and I still know that they'll listen to me and I still know that they'll, you know, treat me as their own because I know whether they know it or not, the love they love me with is Christ-like. The love they love me with is, is like, like that of God. And of course, it's not perfect because we're human and because, you know, they don't believe. But that's not something that we should, that we hold, it's not something we do hold against them, you know. We still love them all the same. And if you guys remember the episode of when me and Luke talked about, you know, what it means to be a good friend and, and that verse that, you know, iron sharpens iron and that a faithful friend is a sturdy shelter. He who finds one finds a treasure, right? Like, with, with that said, how important it is, especially after confirmation, to have that community. And I got to be honest, I mean, for me, who, who goes to a extremely Catholic uh, college, you know, easy for me, right? We, I mean, 2,700 of us really small, so we're a really tight community as is. 85% of us are Catholic. 90% of us or something are, are just complete Christian anyways. So, you know, it's easy for me to say, like, yeah, I have that community, but in general it can be hard to find that community, especially in, like, when I was in high school, I knew, for me, it was pretty difficult. I didn't, there wasn't many people I sat in class with that I knew were Catholic, that I could sit down and confide in them about Catholic matters. And that is, that's actually the main thing that pushed me to writing, was because people... Not that people weren't there. There's just so many other people. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Alora has a question for Angel. So she asked. Angel, what is your favorite um, experience or thing that you've learned? when being formed for confirmation? I would definitely say it's not being afraid of to go to con confession anymore. Mm. I used to be so scared because now people make fun of me for it because when I go into confession, like the first five seconds, I start bawling my eyes. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's oh. so beautiful. It's crazy. It's not because like I feel guilty. It's because I'm opening myself to God. Yeah. God can see through me already. Mm -hmm. But just letting my emotions pour out, mm -hmm. that's what made it so, like, that's my favorite thing I do. Mm -hmm. Like, I begged Father Patrick to let me go to confession because <laughs> I missed the time before, like, my confirmation. Oh, yeah. Because you have to be in a state of grace. Yes. To receive so I, I literally asked him, like, please, can I go after Mass? Like, I will wait for you. Yeah. And I did. Yeah, and that's that's incredible. I mean, certainly there, there, there does come a point, and I think that was about the time for me as well when I realized, like, why, like, what is there to be scared about confession? There's nothing. In terms of God, what sin have you made that he doesn't already know? It's for your sake that you receive, that you go, you open yourself up to him and apologize, you know, and 
like it was around that time for me when I was getting when I, after I was like I was confirmed. I'm like, this this ain't bad, man. It's I mean, not as bad as I thought. Really? Yeah, Ali Ali really likes confession. <laughs> She's only been once. But I think it's the start of it for me is when I first went before like after my first communion ever. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. The priest is going to hear me and hear how bad I will be. And then I started, like, listening to Father Mike Schmidt. Yeah. Like, most of the time, we forget what people say. Yeah. Like, and, I was, and that's when my mind was, like, such at ease. I was like, okay, so if I tell them that I disrespected my parents, he won't care and forget. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you won't care. <laughs> sure. Well, like, not yeah. won't care, but, like, yeah, he'll he'll forget it eventually. Yeah, he'll forget it eventually. <laughs> he's not gonna he's not gonna um, put it on file or something. Yeah, he's like, no, no, no. He's like, hmm? he's, Ali's like, he's not gonna tell your parents. Yeah, yeah thank God. <laughs> well, he also can't by the seal. Yeah. The thing I really enjoyed is again I've only been once, but by hearing other people's experiences with confession, it really seems like when people stress more about it. It's almost funny to the priest. And they're like, man, I mean, this is only what I can assume is going on in their head. They've heard it all. They really have yeah. heard it all. And you're really not so different than the guy who just came in before you. Yeah. The person who's coming mm-hmm. in after. Yeah. Uh, if, for those who didn't hear, she said that hearing other people's experiences with confession, Ali was saying that, you know, the priest has heard everything most likely at this point like you're not so different from the person who walked in before you and some priests kind of find it funny that you know when people go in and stress so much about going to confession because it's like dude you know it's not it's not something to stress over you know and still god understands why it would be right like if you have to confront your parents because you did some some terrible thing or you know you lied to them and you have to fess up and god knows it's it's not easy and it's not hard but you can always rely on on god to never have a negative reaction at you ever ever and you know that's just the mystery of his love you know because angel between me and you i know there's some things that if we brought to our parents they'd be like like, what's wrong with them? Yeah, yeah, literally. So, and they'd be, they could get so upset. And, you know, of course we love our parents and rightfully so they, they do that. But, you know, bringing it to God first, I think always one makes that easier, but two on ourselves is a lot, you know, because we know we're not going to get that negative reaction when we go to church. We're going to go to confession we receive absolution and then we go and kneel in front of God, pray whatever our, pre- our penance is, knowing we're, we're united with him again. And that when we receive the Eucharist, we can fully unite with him again um, in a similar way to like when we eventually go to heaven, you know. Um, and again, just the beauty of how how all those sacraments kind of like work together, you know, like Angel said, your baptism being completed in confirmation and in the way 
confirmation has helped me and her in our confidence and confession and what it means to receive the Eucharist with that. Like, you know, there was, there was a, a homily that I heard a while ago where it was by one of the priests at UD and he was talking about how Christ was telling him to, to live our lives like him. And so he was like, well, what is this, you know? And he was like, he was pointing at like the whole church, everything that was in there, all of us going to mass. He's like, what is this? Why are we here? And he's like, well, for one, you're here because, you know, you want to get closer to God. Now, that's a good thing. And Christ sends us off. We're sent after the mass. Say, go, you know, live I forget the exact send-off. Yeah, glory, live in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. And you say, thanks be to God. And it's like, okay, well, how do you do that? And the Father was saying this. You know, it's it's the sacraments. The sacraments are our segue to get physically connected with Him. You know, I posted on my Instagram story, like, just the other day, Father Mike Schmidt talking with someone else and or another priest, and he was saying that the Eucharist is is the true form of worship because the cross is it's a sacrifice. You know, when you look at the Jewish tradition, they that's what they do. They make sacrifices. And that's how they reconcile with God. And Christ did that once and for all on the cross. And there's a specific reason why he says do this in memory of me after breaking the bread. Specifically that. He says, you will perform miracles in my name. You will do great works. You will cast out demons. But he didn't specifically ask, do those things. He said you will, but that's what that's not what he specifically asked. He specifically asked to break the bread in remembrance of him. And that's why, you know, these three sacraments, I mean, of course, all the sacraments, but especially baptism, confirmation, and the Eucharist, why they're so important to our life. Because as a Catholic, that's what you live by. And to be quite honest, as a Catholic, if you don't live by them, then it's a lot harder to achieve that happiness, to achieve that satisfaction, or else you will be chasing all of that glitz, all of that fashion, fake friends, fake experiences, nothing will really fulfill you. I mean, it's just like Jesus says in the Gospels, you were not made, you were made out of this world. If you were from this world, this world would love what it's own, but as it is, the world hates you because you were made out of this world. Because God made us almighty who has power beyond our own comprehension. And that you look at it like that's all you really need. And I was talking about this with some coworkers recently. Like it's it's so funny because it seems like that's just an easy cop out. You know, it's like, oh man, like, oh no, it's just it's too good to be true. If you consider that literally 
For one, it is God. God is truth. Scripturally, Jesus says, I came to testify to the truth. Right? And God is truth. And God is all good. Then his promise to eternal happiness would seem too good to be true and would make sense that it seems too good to be true because God is all good and all truth, you know? So is there anything else that you would want to, you want to add on? I don't think I do. Okay. And with that, I mean, I'm also out. So thank you. Thank you very much for joining Yay. us. Um, it, was, it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you. And we appreciate you, you know, coming on and being vulnerable with us. So thank you all who are listening for, for tuning in. You know, we, like I said, this summer is going to have a lot of, of great content. You're probably going to see a guest on just about every week. And I told you my mom was the first. Angel, my little cousin, is the second. And just be on the lookout for who we have for, for next week. It's it's a lot to look forward to. Um, so, yeah, we're praying for you guys. And we'll see you later. Bye.